Welcome to Kidney Talk, a program of Renal Support Network, a show that streams health, happiness, and hope to the kidney community. You can download all Kidney Talk shows from iTunes and find a variety of resources to help you navigate this illness at rsnhope.org. Please welcome your host, Lori Hartwell, who has lived with kidney disease since the age of two. Well, today on Kidney Talk, we're going to bring some great information to the audience about the kidney diet. The kidney diet is so challenging and can be very difficult, but I've found over the years it's doable with a little bit of knowledge and understanding what you can eat and what you can eat to meet your guidelines. And today we have Sarah Coleman Carlson. She's a renal dietitian and a manager of Davita.com Nutrition. So she's going to give us some great information today. So welcome to the show, Sarah. Thanks so much, Lori. I'm delighted to be here and share some of what I have learned and, and uh, some things that I feel are, are helpful to people following a kidney diet. Well, you know, one of the things, I've known you for many, many years, and you, you had a great book that came out called Cooking for David uh, several years back, and it's just one of the best books out there for really understanding how to make a renal diet and gives you practical, practical advice for making delicious meals. So, you know, can you give us a little bit of information about how does somebody go about making delicious meals when you have a renal diet in front of you? Well, one of the things is, you know, don't look at the diet as being so limiting, but look at, you know, what are your food choices? There are many, many foods that are low in sodium, potassium, and phosphorus, and they taste great. So, I think first off, focusing on what you can have is a really big plus. The other thing that I find very helpful is that don't look at the diet as being totally restricted, that I can never have something that I want. And so what I tell people is to use the 25% rule. And what this means is if there's a food that's on your limit or avoid list, can you include it a 25% portion or one-fourth of the amount? So if you do have a recipe, say, that calls for something like nuts, and you know nuts are high in potassium and phosphorus, instead of including a cup of nuts, you know, cut it down to a fourth of a cup or 25%. And you can apply this to almost any food in your diet and successfully plan meals that do come close to your targets for the day and keep you safe, but still being able to have flavor in your food and enjoy the taste of, of some of the things you really like. So let's just say hypothetically, I have hired you for the weekend to cook for me and make me meals. Can you walk me through like what you would make me for a Saturday and a Sunday and see if I can get hungry with these great choices? Sure. So let's say on Saturday, what you used to do is go to McDonald's and, um, or one of the fast food places and you would get a breakfast sandwich. So what I would prepare for you, I would get, you know, your favorite English muffin or bagel and I would prepare an egg, but instead of putting a whole slice or two of cheese on top of it, I would take some extra sharp cheddar and put just one or two tablespoons to limit the amount Again, meeting that 25% rule that I mentioned. And then I would put you, if you want a very thin slice of tomato, I would add that. 
And if you want a breakfast meat, I have some great recipes for a lower-sodium sausage patties made from ground turkey. And I would, you know, create, I would make that for you. I could make them and, and freeze them so that the next time you could easily pull it out and, and use it. But in addition to that breakfast sandwich, I would suggest adding some fresh berries. Fresh berries are really low in potassium, whether it's strawberries, blueberries, blackberries, raspberries, and they're full of antioxidants. And so you're getting that extra benefit. That's important when you have kidney disease because having kidney disease makes you more likely to have inflammation in your body. Foods that are high in antioxidants, many of our fruits and vegetables, can actually counteract that inflammation and keep you healthy. So now, you, would you put egg on the sandwich? Because I am hungry. And, um, and so would you just add an egg to the sandwich? Because the protein is so important, too. The protein is important, and egg is a, a good quality source of protein. So even with people limiting their protein, egg is still, you know, a great choice. Um, But if you need a higher protein diet, what I would recommend is to include an extra egg white or two along with the egg, and it really will boost your protein up. The other option, there are um, egg products that you could use if you're really concerned about cholesterol. But like any um, processed food, you do have to look at the label and be aware of any um, additives that contain phosphorus or potassium. Okay, I'm hungry. I'm hungry after breakfast. So what would you make me for lunch? Okay, so for lunch, I think uh, you would really enjoy a nice salad. And so I would have a combination of different salad greens. And in addition, I would add a protein source. So here I might take a a fresh chicken breast, or if we had some meat left over, often what I find um, is leftover salmon, which is a, a really great source of protein to add that to your salad. And then you don't have to go tomatoless with a salad. I would take two or three cherry tomatoes, cut them in half, and that's going to give you a little tomato flavor. But I would also bring in some other lower potassium vegetables into your salad. So, you know, chopping up some cauliflower or broccoli, adding some radish, uh, some green onions, uh, some red onion and just really making it an exciting salad. The other thing I would do is add some dried cranberries for a little bit of sweetness. And then for salad dressing, you really you have so much flavor already. You don't have to, to use a, a bottled salad dressing that's going to cover up all those flavors. So I would go with a really light homemade vinaigrette using some olive oil and uh, flavored vinegar and then some spices like the Mrs. Dash or or one of the herb seasonings uh, to complement the the oil and vinegar. I am hungry. I have to say that sounds really good. And would you put any bread or crackers with that? Yes, definitely. So you could add, if you like bread, uh, you can add a slice of bread. And it, it doesn't have to be white or sourdough. It could actually be a piece of whole wheat bread. So you're getting some fiber. And the reason I say that it might be a shock to a lot of people is that we actually have changes in Uh, our recommendations for the kidney diet. Uh, We are loosening up on including whole grain products in the diet because so many of the refined products now have phosphate additives. 
And phosphate additives are absorbed 90 to 100%, whereas if you have phosphorus in whole grain products, they're not absorbed to that degree. They're only absorbed between 40 to 60%. And so you actually might be getting less phosphorus from that piece of whole wheat bread, even though if you look at the food composition list, it looks like it's actually higher in phosphorus. So it has to do with absorption. And um, dietitians are starting to focus on this and, and really work with individualizing food choices. And if you don't want the bread, Lori, I would recommend some low-sodium crackers to give some extra crunch or even some homemade croutons to add to your salad. Basically, we eat with our eyes. And I think if you can prepare something with a little bit of tomatoes in it, a little bit of red pepper or something and not exceed it, you still are satisfied because we do. We eat with our eyes first. And that's why it's so difficult to go to the store and see all the pictures and all the different things that look so yummy. And I've been to certain restaurants lately and there's a new trend. Like they put a picture of the meal, you know, next to the entry. And, you know, you don't even look at the entry anymore. You just look at the picture. <laughs> we, um, we shop with our eyes. We, we make decisions based on the visual. And I think we see this with, you know, the takeoff of Pinterest and, and you know, all of the online sites that give you photos of, of the food, of the recipes. You know, I'd much rather browse through Pinterest or through a, a, a website, you know, a food-related website, um, and look at pictures than to, to read a list of recipes. Mm -hmm. And you're more satisfied when you eat something that's pretty. It's just psychological. So it, it is important for people when they're preparing their meals to try to make them look pretty, I think. <laughs> it is. And, you know, anyone can... Uh, can do that just by thinking about what are some of the little extras that you like. And, you know, when you plate your food, um, you actually start, start your digestive process at, at the very beginning. When you see something that's appetizing, you know, that stimulates your body to, to want to eat that food. Um, so that can really be a big plus, too, if you're having appetite problems, you know, the way your food looks. Uh, can influence your degree of hunger. Yep. I, you know what? They, that tactic works so well on me. <laughs> and then what about dinner? Okay. So for dinner, I think that you probably would love to have a dish that, that has some pasta or something kind of filling and something at the same time really yummy. And so maybe one of your, your favorite pasta dishes in the past has, has been, you know, spaghetti with a sauce. So I would prepare that spaghetti for you, but instead of using a jarred pasta sauce, I would create a sauce using roasted red peppers with like I said before, the 25% rule, only 25% of the tomato sauce that I would normally put in just a pure tomato sauce um, topping. And so I would um, use roasted red peppers and pureed those and then mix with the tomato sauce. So you have a lower potassium sauce, but it still has all that flavor. The other thing I would do is add in some fresh herbs. Uh, I love using fresh rosemary, basil, and then a lot of the dried herbs or combinations just to add some extra ump uh, and bring out the flavor. Another one of my tricks to really enhancing flavor that I discovered a few years ago is lemon oil. Lemon mm -hmm. oil comes in a very small bottle. I buy mine at, at one of the fancy food stores, you know, where you buy all the equipment for your kitchen. 
And you can take just a single drop and add to your recipe, and it will change the flavor. It will pick it up and lighten it. And you go, wow, why does that taste so much better now? And it's just that one or two drops of, of lemon oil. So that's one of my secrets as of late. Well, they have um, a store called 31 Oil Olive. I, I don't know what the store is, but have you heard of that? It's 31, it's, I don't want to say it's 31 flavors, but it's a store that has all different types of olive oil that's flavored. You know, it's not just that store, but they, they are popping up all over. And I think people are fascinated by a combination of uh, flavored oils, flavored vinegars, and then also hot sauces. So you'll see a combination of these three. And I, I love these products because they do give people options for adding more flavor to their diet without adding more sodium. Uh, what you'll find is oils and vinegars generally uh, are very low sodium. They don't require additives like phosphate additives. Uh, and tend to be low in potassium. So, so it really is a great way to enhance the foods that you're preparing um, and really help you to enjoy it. Well, now going back to the sauce for the pasta, when you're using red peppers, do you just throw the red peppers in a blender? Is that how you puree them to make, you know, because you don't want to use the canned red peppers because they're high in sodium. Right. There are some canned red peppers that are very low in sodium. I actually like the, the ones from Trader Joe's, but you can compare labels. But it's really easy to roast your own red peppers. So get some fresh red peppers, uh, and you can roast them over your stovetop, and then um, put them in a paper bag, let them cool, and the skin will peel off very easily. And then you simply add that into your, your blender or food processor and process it into the sauce. Okay. That doesn't sound too difficult. It sounds like it might smell, make the house smell good, too. <laughs> and some of these things, you know, cooking techniques or, or different things you do in the kitchen, once you do them uh, a few times, it becomes second nature. You don't have to think about it so much. It's just like, oh, I think I'll puree some red peppers. And, and you know what you're doing. You can easily do it. I think one of the challenges is putting yourself there and, and getting started. So, um, you know, don't be afraid to be adventurous in the kitchen. Go in there and, and see what you can whip up. And, um, you know, you might just find that you are becoming quite the chef after, after uh, creating things for yourself. So what would dessert look like? Okay, so for your dessert, again, I'm going to go back to to some fruit. There are so many fruits and, and just the benefits of fruits. Believe it or not, apples are one of the healthiest fruits you can eat. Most people don't think that because they're white, but they really are um, healthy for you. And so I would bake an apple for you. I would add some cinnamon and, and a little bit of nutmeg just to, to pick up the flavors. And, um, you know, maybe a spoonful of honey, um, but you don't have to add the sweetener just because the cinnamon is going to help bring out the sweetness of the apple. And then I might give you just a spoonful of whipped topping on top to, um, to add even more flavor. So we're going to do this all over again on Sunday because I've, I've hired you for the whole weekend. And, you know, that baked apple sounds really good. I know one of the things I like to do is 
take a bowl full of blueberries and put them in the microwave for like 30 seconds and then put some whipped cream on it because it's really satisfying and fast. Would that meet the requirements? It would. I love the idea of heating them up. I eat uh, blueberries with whipped topping all the time, and I've never heated them. So, so yeah, that would definitely um, fit in. And if you want to have that for breakfast, you know, you may want to then... In addition, have something like an omelet. So what I would prepare for you is an an omelet, and I would put in some fresh veggies um, to the omelet, Uh, maybe a small amount of spinach. Spinach tends to be high in potassium, but it's not totally off limits. So I would put in a, a, a small handful of spinach. I would also add a few mushrooms and then for a little extra flavor, add some either some bell pepper, either green, yellow, or red. And then to your omelet, because most omelets are cheese-based, there's two options. I would either add a small amount of cream cheese or I would choose a very sharp-flavored cheese, either goat cheese or a sharp cheddar, and I would grate it up and just do a sprinkling on the top of the omelet instead of mixing it on the inside because that way every time you take a bite you're going to taste a little bit of the cheese, and then get those delicious veggies from the inside. And what you have is a really healthy, nourishing breakfast at the same time keeping it low in potassium, sodium, and phosphorus. Well, I think it's a good point that you bring up about cheese because, you know, everybody loves cheese. The majority of people do. And the, the real key here is to get something that's very, you know, sharp flavored instead of using like a mild Swiss or a mild Monterey if you want to get that flavor. Exactly. And that really is the key. I mean, most cheeses are pretty high in sodium. The phosphorus is a concern. Most are are not high in potassium unless you're using some of the really processed cheeses. But, but, you know, you can have a a tablespoon of a really sharp cheese uh, and think of the flavor it adds. You know, even just a a small tablespoon of a blue cheese on a salad, that's all you need to get a, a lot of extra flavor. One of the things I love with omelets is salsa. Now, can you talk a little bit about salsa, like adding, you know, a tablespoon or two to your uh, omelet? Because that really makes it flavorful. It does. So with salsa, I would take a look at different brands. Fresh salsa would be my first choice um, because often the sodium's not going to be as high and uh, it just feels healthier, you know, with having those fresh chopped up onion, um, peppers, and, and tomato. You know, and the, the portion that you have is what determines um, how much sodium and potassium you're adding to your omelet. If you're using a bottled salsa, I would definitely compare brands because there's a huge difference in the amount of sodium from one brand to the other. And sometimes as a bonus, uh, added bonus, it will list potassium on the label, so I would look for that. And then would definitely look at the ingredients just to be sure there's no extra potassium or phosphate additives. And then one of the things that's a really good treat is just, I, I love jelly. So if you're having in some whole wheat toast or a piece of toast with jelly, is there any problems with any of the jellies out there? There is not. That's the one good thing, you know, even though we, we know oranges are high in, in potassium. If you're looking at a jelly, or orange marmalade, it's not going to be extremely high in potassium because, for one thing, you're having a small amount of it. You know, most people are having a, a few teaspoons or up to a tablespoon. 
so just about any kind of jelly or jam, and I would really go for the jams over jellies just because they, they tend to have more texture, and, and uh, I think that adds to the flavor. Definitely. And so uh, drink choices, coffee is fine if you're within your fluid limit, but talk about the different juices. Well, juices can be challenging, especially when we think about the popular breakfast juices, um, grapefruit juice, uh, which can be um, have medication interferences, so often that may be off limits for, for kidney patients. We also look at orange juice, one of the most popular breakfast juices, which can add a lot of potassium. Um, an 8-ounce serving of orange juice is really quite high, over 300 milligrams of potassium. And then, um, you know, a lot of people like juicing, so you may be doing a combination of vegetable and fruit juices in a juicer. You have to be really careful because you can get a really concentrated source of potassium. Vegetable juices are also pretty popular, whether it's a, a, a combination like a V8 or a tomato juice at breakfast. So those can really get your potassium uh, level up pretty quickly. So what I would look at instead is looking at making combinations from some of the lower potassium juices. You can do a combination of cranberry and grape. Or you could do like a pineapple and add some strawberry puree to it. Or if you just want something easy, I would go with cranberry or apple juice, uh, some of the nectars like pear nectar or pineapple juice. And one of the things I used to do just to make it festive is put some seltzer in it to make it bubbly. Oh, I love that. I love that. It, It definitely adds a little extra. Like a little bit of, you know, you... You're invited out to brunch and, you know, everybody's having mimosas and all the different things. And, you know, you still, again, you eat and drink with your eyes. So if it's a little bubbly, it makes it it taste a little bit better sometimes. Okay. I am hungry again. I mean, I'm going to figure out what am I going to have after this interview. So take me through lunch again because I think it's really important to do two days because you want to show the variety. So yesterday for lunch we had salad. Today we're going to go with um, a burger. And so some of the choices on what I'm going to make for the burger, I may choose to do a veggie burger. There's some really good veggie patties out there, so I might choose to go that way. Or the other choice I might do is um, a turkey burger. And then I would add some seasonings to that turkey before I cook it so that it will be nice and flavorful. Black pepper is, uh, you can never have enough pepper in my book, so I would add that. But I also might add a little bit of poultry seasoning or a splash of Worcestershire, which uh, you can get lower sodium Worcestershire, and even the regular one is not extremely high in in sodium. So I would make up the the patty with some of those seasonings. And then uh, I would toast the bun and the accompaniments on your burger. I would include a nice slice of, of a sweet onion, uh, a very thin slice of tomato, and a crunchy uh, piece of lettuce. If you want some, a little bit of mustard or mayo or ketchup, you can certainly add that to the bun. And again, just looking at how much you're using, you know, don't pile it on, but just enough to add extra flavor without covering up the flavors that we've added to the the turkey meat. So in addition to that burger, you're probably wanting to have something a little on the sweet side. 
So I would suggest a strawberry sorbet. It's going to give that sweet tooth satisfaction and maybe a wafer-type cookie to go with that just to complement the small serving of sorbet. Uh, lemon sorbet is also an excellent choice if you want something that's just really cold and refreshing. And then as a beverage, you know, I would suggest you, you having a nice uh, water, but when you're choosing waters, you have to be extremely careful. I've heard of some recent episodes of patients having to go to the hospital with really high potassium levels because they were drinking these smart waters that have additives, and one of those additives is potassium. So I would say go with a bottled water that doesn't have any extra potassium or choose a sparkling water with just a little touch of of lemon or, or lime flavor. I'm thinking root beer. You know, when I see hamburger or, you know, a turkey burger, garden burger, I'm like, I want a root beer. Well, you can have a root beer, but when you're making that choice, it's really important to look at the different brands and check out the ingredient list. Root beer used to be okay across the board, but now there are several different brands that are adding phosphorus additives. And so you do have to look for those phos. Uh, words and avoid any of the root beers that, that have phosphates in them. How about Sprite? A Sprite does not have phosphates, and so it is a very safe choice. Sprite, 7-Up, Ginger Ale, these are all very safe. Now, also when I think of hamburger, turkey burger, I think of fries. And you want something crunchy, or can you just talk a little bit about French fries or sweet potato fries or... You know, what is, what is an alternative? Because I just saw something on TV, and French fries are the most loved food across the U.S. <laughs> we are a French fry nation. We are, and French fries, oh, it's, it's hard to replace that flavor. So a couple of things that I could recommend. Uh, one is you can go ahead and cut your potato up and soak the potatoes to remove some of the potassium. Another option is cut your potato up into French fry shapes and then um, just boil it for about five minutes and then drain, toss it in some oil, and bake it in the oven. So by boiling or by soaking the potato, you are removing some of that potassium, and so it does allow you to have the real potato. And the same thing would work with sweet potatoes. An alternative, though, is you can choose a lower-potassium vegetable and make fries out of it. So you could do onion rings, you could do zucchini sticks, you know, even breaded cauliflower as kind of an option. You can bread it and fry it to make it crispy, or you can oven bake and have something that tastes good but still doesn't give you too much potassium. That sounds good. I love fried zucchini. I mean, that's that's a great alternative. And eggplant. You can do the same eggplant. thing with eggplant. No, I mean, you know, when you go to the uh, Japanese restaurants and they have the tempura where they, you know, with the carrots and the onions and the broccoli, it's so delicious. Yeah, and, and we enjoy vegetables. Um, you know, speaking of Japanese restaurant, that reminds me of another tip I'd like to share. A lot of recipes, you know, especially casserole type things, taste better with breadcrumbs on top. Breadcrumbs tend to be high in sodium, but I was comparing different types of breadcrumbs not too long ago, and believe it or not, the panko breadcrumbs tend to be really low in sodium compared to the seasoned breadcrumbs. 
And so that's an option to use as a topping on a casserole dish or just on a vegetable that you've cooked to add a little more crunch and flavor. Well, let me tell you a recipe I made a lot of times, and you can tell me how I how I did on um, renal friendly. I would take a breast of chicken and I would wet it, and then I would or little chicken tenderloins, and I would bread it with the panko, and then I would. Um, put it in the skillet and kind of brown it with some Pam on it. And then I would take apricot jam and uh, mix a, a little bit of cooking sherry with it and put it over the chicken. And then I would put it on white rice. Oh, that sounds fabulous. It, it was it was kind of a sweeter type of, because, you know, you like the sweet and sour chicken, but the, the jam gave it enough of a flavor and it was... So that was my go-to recipe that I could make really easily, and it was satisfying, and it, it had more of a sweet taste to it. It sounds really quick, and I think when you add that sweet flavor, whether it's uh, using a jam or, or a little bit of, of syrup or honey, um, that really gives you something to focus on flavor-wise without missing the salt. And so, so you know, when you are cutting down salt or, or high-sodium ingredients in a recipe, you can really add a lot of flavor with that sweetness. Well, and cooking sherry, you know, just adding a little bit, is that good or bad? Or how does that relate? Because I don't know why. It just seems to make food better, just like the lemon oil. You know, talking about cooking sherry, it reminds me of Dorothy Gordon. We wrote Cooking for David together, and she always used a tad of sherry in some of her recipes, and it did. It just made all the difference. And I think you can also do that with things like a little bit of nutmeg or, as we were talking earlier, a little bit of, of flavored oil. That can just really enhance the flavor. So we're moving on to dinner now. We're, we're in, uh, you know, we've, we're hungry. We've been, we've been out. You know, this has been a great weekend, and I just spent the day at the beach, walking along the beach, and now I'm coming back for dinner, and I'm hungry. Okay, so you're probably going to want something that's, fairly quick and easy to prepare, and um, because you have already um, stocked up, you know, you have a quick and easy pork chop that, that you want to prepare for dinner. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take that pork chop, and I'm going to season it with some pepper. I'm actually going to cook it with some whole peppercorns. And I'm going to add some mustard because uh, the mustard, I can choose a low-sodium uh, mustard. Uh, compare brands again because some of the mustards tend to have a lot of sodium, but others are really low. And I'm going to actually coat that pork chop with the mustard and cook it with the peppercorns. And then after it's cooked, I'm going to remove it from the skillet, but the um, Everything that's left in the skillet has a lot of flavor. So I'm going to add a little bit of broth. Uh, I like using a low-sodium vegetable or chicken broth, and I'm going to deglaze the skillet with that and then sprinkle in just a little bit of either cornstarch or flour for thickening, and I'm going to pour that over the pork chop. But I'm not going to stop there. I'm going to serve it with a side of uh, spicy applesauce or even some cranberry sauce. Um, to, again, complement the flavor some more. And then, of course, you're going to want a vegetable. And I love mixtures of vegetables. So for you, I'm going to choose a mixture of broccoli and cauliflower and carrots. And with this, I'm going to steam the broccoli, cauliflower, and carrots. 
And I don't need to add a lot to it. So I'm going to uh, add a squeeze of lemon juice and some Mrs. Dash. And then, of course, uh, adding a little bit of starch to your meal to, to give you enough calories and, and fill everything out. So, so I'm going to do a combination for you. I'm going to do a couscous. And in the couscous, I'm going to add a little bit of, of a rice mixture. So, so I have an interesting uh, mixture of the couscous uh, and the rice, and it comes out kind of like a pilaf, but it's something a little out of the ordinary that, that you can really enjoy. And, again, I would flavor that with different herbs or uh, spice combinations to make it a little more interesting. But a lot of times, you know, your, your pasta or your rice or, or your green dishes, uh, they may not need any extra um, sodium at all because you're eating it with your other foods, and, and those, uh, it, the starches tend to complement those other foods. Well, you know, Sarah, I'm looking at the sound engineer, and we're both really hungry. I think the cuckoos, like, threw us over the edge because it's getting close to lunchtime here, and I'm like, oh, my goodness, what am I going to have? So these are great tips. Um, you know, can you talk a little bit about alcohol? Because people like to have wine, and, you know, something with their dinner, especially if it's a Sunday night and you've been at the beach all day and you want to relax. So can you give some tips on drinking alcohol? Sure. Um, alcohol isn't totally off limits for people on a kidney diet. I think one of the big concerns often with alcohol is how much you have and whether or not it impairs your judgment. And then the other concern is, are there any medications that you're taking that interfere with alcohol? So first off, I would say, you know, talk to your doctor. Be sure that it is okay. And then when you're choosing alcohol, you know, if you want to have a glass of wine, you can have red wine, which we know there's health benefits from the antioxidants and some of the ingredients in the red wine. That would be a good choice. If you want to have a mixed drink, uh, be aware of what the mixers are. For example, a screwdriver, which is made with orange juice and vodka, or a Bloody Mary with tomato juice may not be a, a good choice, uh, but if you instead have that vodka with, with cranberry juice or a low-potassium uh, mixer, then you're, you're doing okay. Portion control, definitely a concern. Uh, and then also, you can have beer, but be aware that, that beer is made from grains, the hops uh, and grains, and so it will have um, a, a higher phosphorus content compared to some of the other alcoholic beverages. Uh, and again, portion control, if you do choose to have that beer, can definitely help control the phosphorus that you're having. What about a shot of whiskey? A shot of whiskey, um, you know, whiskey isn't extremely high in potassium, sodium, or phosphorus. So as long as your doctor has given you the okay, you can have a shot of, of whiskey or many of the other spirits. But again, the key is keeping it uh, at a reasonable amount, you know, stopping at that one shot. Don't drink and drive. <laughs> Do not drink and drive, for sure. You know, don't impair your judgment because that could influence you to make poor food choices after you've had the alcohol. And if you're taking any type of pain medication, I mean, the list goes on. But, you know, it, it is important to know that, you know, there are things you can have anything in moderation. So let's just wrap this show up with dessert, and then I'm going to go get something to eat. Oh, uh, well, for dessert, I would make you a cobbler-type or a crisp-type dessert. So I would take some 
peaches, and I would buy either the, the frozen ones that, that are almost fresh, or if in season, I would buy the fresh peaches. And I would combine with that some, uh, some blueberries and um, some sweetener. And then for a topping, I would take some, some oatmeal, a little bit of, of unsalted butter, some cinnamon, and, and some flour. And I would combine that with the butter and make a topping and then bake that in the oven. And then to top it all off, when I, I serve it hot, I'm going to add the whipped topping, uh, just a spoonful or two, and you're really going to enjoy this dessert. I am very, very hungry, and I can't wait to, you know, go away for the weekend where you're the chef. I mean, that sounds like just a real treat. And to wrap it up, Sarah, tell us a little bit. You write a blog, and you talk about different diet tips. So do you want to give the audience a little bit of information about that before we close? Sure. I write a kidney diet tips blog. It's um, sponsored by DaVita. And kidney diet tips is my opportunity to share all kinds of eating tips, recent research I found, my take on, on new things about the diet that I discover. Uh, it's just really a, a fun blog that I write and um, a way to share information. And so if you're interested, just go to kidney diet tips. Dot com and you will uh, find my blog, and you can actually sign up so that every time I post a blog, it'll come directly to your email box, and you will automatically be notified. Well, thank you so much, Sarah. Um, this has been some wonderful information for people, and I can't wait to go um, try some of the dishes that you suggested. Thank you, Lori. Thank you for having me today. And um, I hope that this has given a lot of your listeners ideas on what they can eat. And don't be afraid to get in the kitchen and experiment because uh, you can really develop a passion for the food that you're creating and, and uh, really enjoy creating kidney-friendly meals. Um, so don't be afraid to get in there and, and try it. Thanks for listening to Kidney Talk, a program of Renal Support Network. Please make sure to find us on Facebook or sign up for our newsletter at rsnhope.org. Kidney Talk is intended for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment from your physician. Always seek the advice of your own health care provider regarding your medical condition.